Welcome to the OmniTalk Spotlight Series Grocery Shop Edition, sponsored by 1010 Data. You can't deliver on tomorrow's omnichannel demands with yesterday's insights. So why plan your business this way? 1010 Data empowers retailers and brands to drive more successful outcomes in today's demanding marketplace by leveraging alternative data and retail analytics solutions to identify and plan for what's next. Visit 1010data.com or arrange a meeting at Grocery Shop's Spring Meetup for more information. Today, we are joined by Chief Marketplace Officer of Flash Food, Eric Tribe. Eric, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, and I'm, I'm really excited. Anna and I are really excited. We're getting to do this uh, for Grocery Shop this week. Uh, before we get started, I mean, let's let's just dig like dig in like we always do with all of our guests. Tell us a little bit about yourself and, and your background personally. Sure. Um, so my name's, as you said, Eric Tribe, Chief Marketplace Officer for Flash Food. Uh, I actually started out in management consulting. I spent about 10 years with the Boston Consulting Group. So I was working in retail, consumer, and digital innovation. Um, that had me traveling around the world, working with a bunch of different companies. It was great. Uh, got my MBA along the way too, which was a lot of fun, um, but ultimately wanted to basically try my hand, you know, fully immersing myself in the digital world, seeing how I could have a positive impact. And that brought me to Flash Food about two years ago. How does what, so, okay, so I've not, that's, that's an interesting background. How does one get into that side of management consulting? Was this like a passion outside of work, outside of college? And then you kind of passion narrowed into that as you went? Like, how did that all happen there? Tell us the I story. Think, I think I liked taking on tough problems and big challenges. And then that got me into the consulting side of things and loved working with these big companies on their hardest problems. And then I naturally gravitated towards the consumer side. I just liked when there's immediate connection with a shopper, a family, you know, the work you were doing tied back to something tangible and real. And then the digital piece, I mean, that's just the direction everything's been going. I just wanted to build my career in that way. It's so exciting. It's so engaging, so dynamic. And so it's been just naturally, I wouldn't say it's by design, but it's kind of naturally been funneling in that direction uh, over time. And uh, actually the way I ended up at Flash Food, a part of it is I went to high school with the founder Josh Dominguez, who I know you've met, but uh, we go we go way back. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I've been talking to him before I joined, and that made it uh, a little more comfortable to take the leap joining a startup, uh, knowing that you you knew the founder uh, when you're joining the team. So uh, yeah, a lot of fun there. <laughs> how so, so in high school in Toronto? That's how yeah. you guys knew each other all the way back then. <laughs> yeah, and you guys yeah. were you were already talking about how to solve problems with food waste from grocers, or how did this how did this come to be? Like what? What, what was the impetus for, for flash food? Well, as with all things, um, it all startup stories. It all started with a phone call. <laughs> so for Josh, um, his sister is a caterer. And so she'd given her a call one day after an event was really poorly attended. She just had to throw out thousands of dollars worth of food and she was pretty upset about it. Uh, and like any good brother does, I think his initial reaction might've been to tease her a bit and say, hey, you gotta be better at your job. But she <laughs> said, no, this, this happens all the time. And this was back, I want to say 2016, um, when food waste was not quite as well known as it's becoming today, um, which is a great thing, by the way. And Josh started looking into the food waste problem, realizing how big it is. You know, a lot of the stats are becoming headline stats now, right? 30 to 40% of all food produced ends up in landfill, which is terrible. Um, when it does, a lot of times it doesn't break down the right way. So it creates methane gas instead of CO2, uh, which can have a, a more significant impact on, on greenhouse gas emissions. And the stat that really kind of floored us is if you actually aggregated greenhouse gas emissions from food waste and were to treat it like a country, it would be the number three contributor after China and the U.S. Okay. So hmm. the scale of the problem was, was massive. And then 
uh, as Josh was getting involved in it and they were starting to, um, uh, you know, think, think about the model. That's where, you know, the phone call started with me. I was somewhere on the other side of the world and, and he just knew that I was involved in this space, wanted to sort of thought partner on it. And uh, we started kind of become just a sounding board. We check in every couple of months on the idea. And that's just as the business developed, I got more and more involved and here I am today. <laughs> So tell us more about that. So yeah, so, so with that as kind of the background and premise and the origin story, which is a cool origin story. I remember hearing it at Techstars, I think we were talking about before, but it's 2017. What, yeah. what, is, what is it that, 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 that the concept does? Like what, what is Flash Food then in terms of how it's trying to solve that and, and, and do something about it? Yeah, so Flash Food is an app and it connects people, you know, families, shoppers uh, with a marketplace of discounted food available on their phone. On, on their phone. So we focus exclusively on grocery, which is why grocery shop, you know, such a big event for us. We're really excited <laughs> again to be, to be promoted here, but for grocers, you know, there's a ton of in-store food waste that happens despite everyone's best efforts to try and reduce that problem. Uh, we have a mobile app where shoppers can see those deals on their phone, uh, for foods that's approaching their uh, best buy date. They see the deal on their phone, they buy it on their phone, and then they come and pick it up in store. They get access to a great deal and it helps grocers reduce their food waste. So that's kind of our win-win. Got it. And it, how's it work? Like am I shopping it by a retailer then? Uh, is that how I'm looking at this? And then it's like coordinating a, a like a BOPIS order kind of situation, like a buy online pickup in store order or how's that all work? Yeah. So when you would open the app as a shopper, it's um, based off your location. It's going to pull up a little map, show you all the locations. So if you were in Detroit right now, you'd see all the Myers around you that have flash okay. food available. And then you could select the store of your preference, see what deals are there. Um, at any given point, it's real time, it's dynamic, it's changing day to day, because again, it is surplus food. So it's a little bit uh, unpredictable, right? Um, select what you want. It's kind of a regular mobile grocery e-com experience. And like you said, it's, it's BOPIS in that way. Um, buy it through the app, come and pick it up in store. Eric, from the grocer's perspective, what kind of like house do they need to have in order to support being a part of the program? Because I imagine, you know, we, we're seeing uh, obviously many more grocers go online and move to mm -hmm. this format. But what's the kind of like bare minimum that they would need in order to be able to participate in uh, a pilot with you, for example? That's a great question. Um, we keep it incredibly simple. Um, okay. So I'm going to start by saying we, we don't integrate with POS. We don't need to integrate with their um, um, uh, inventory management system. Uh, we steer clear of, of integrations yeah, out of the gate because, you know, when you're a small startup, you need to be easy to work with. Um, so we've been able to really streamline the model also just because we've only worked in grocery to um, integrate with their existing operations, their capabilities. And effectively, and to answer your question, we get a data dump and in any format of what the product and price data is. We ingest all of that so that um, it's really simple and easy to use on their side. And for grocers, they'll scan the UPCs for deals that are available. We pre-populate it and push the deals out live. So it's really um, a bit of data that we look for. And then depending on what handheld devices the grocers are using, um, we, we work with Android, iOS, so kind of Bluebird, Zebra, all of that. Um, mm -hmm. It's pretty much all it takes to get going. And then the physical setup in store is typically a, a double door cooler and a shelving rack. And 
Eric, is this like the analog or previous way of doing this was like the they're taking the scanner, scanning a barcode on like, say, the packages of meat and they were putting a, a $2 off sticker on that. I mean, is it when you say you're tapping into existing um, order management system or uh, product management systems, inventory systems, yeah. is that the kind of thing that you would be tapping into or is that oversimplifying? Um, when I was um, referencing that, it's a bit around how we integrate with the existing labor processes today. So the okay. way that stores are set up to go through and, and call and identify this uh, surplus product, you know, um, every grocer, every, I'll take a meat department, they're going around there, they're making sure everything looks good, everything's up to code all the time. And so we're integrating with that. And it's just a, really an extra tool in the toolbox for grocers, where we'll just give an example, I, I actually love yeah. the fourth of fourth of July kind of example. So you're gearing up for barbecue season, you know, everything's been ordered, your, your meat section has a ton of inventory available. And then unfortunately, you get hit with bad weather, you know, um, lots of, uh, lots of rain that weekend, you're, you're likely to have surplus meat. And traditionally, like I was saying, like, it would be markdown programs would be your only avenue. And you're looking to sell that kind of within a fixed window, let's say Tuesday yeah. to Thursday, when traffic mm -hmm. could be down. Uh, and that's a challenge for grocers. So we, we're one extra tool where you might say 60% of this, we know we're going to sell through our existing markdown program, but 40% of it, we're going to scan out, scan it on the flash food and drive in new traffic, drive in new shoppers and have it as one extra tool to help respond to some of the volatility in grocery. Interesting. If you're not integrated with this, I'm curious too, like, because that's fascinating if you guys can do that and you're not integrated with the systems, how do you like ensure the customer satisfaction on the backside of that where you know, you're placing an order, you have to have the inventory integrity to make sure that it's there, you know, when they come and, and do that transaction. Yeah. So we manage everything that gets um, scanned into our platform in a real-time platform, which okay. the grocer will have access to in store. And then okay. there'll be a device near um, customer service pickup. And basically an attendant will see, you know, let's say, and that you were to come in, um, if your items would be there, say, and here for flash food pickup, tap the name, you'll see the items Mark has picked up. And it's just a really simple uh, pickup in store. Got it. And so then you get around POS too. So basically, I got it. So you got the integrations yeah. with the different tools in store for the scanning. You mm -hmm. kind of put that inventory on reserve. It's then your inventory. You're then selling it fast. That's really yeah. smart. Really and great way to think about that. Thanks. I mean, it was really around what was most effective for partnering with our grocers. That said, right. you know, we flow all the data back. So they get full transparency into everything on the app, like how many shoppers, all the items, full transparency. Uh, this was just around avoiding this being a lengthy, you know, IT implementation project. Got it. Is that the value then too? Because one of the questions I've always had too is, so that actually would, yeah, I could see the value there too of, okay, it all comes through the flash food app. It's really simple, really straightforward. I get it stood up easily versus like me trying to be a grocer, figuring out how to do this all by myself. That's, that's really the inherent value then of going through this platform in that way. Am I thinking about that correctly? Well, I think there's a, a number of pieces where we look to drive value. Okay. Um, you know, one of them is obviously around helping grocers reduce food waste or reduce shrink, right? That's the, the backbone or the origin story, as you said, of how we got going. Right. Um, we find we're able to do it in a way that um, improves grocers' financials as well, which is really beneficial. A huge. And yeah, it's, it's a big piece. And then there's a couple of things around it where one is, as you mentioned, there's a lot of big priorities, obviously, as you guys know as well, or, or better than anybody around um where you're going to prioritize your technology projects as a grocer. So mm -hmm. especially with last year, That's really if you're going through and you're going through e-commerce and you're going through curbside, click and collect, you're going, you're, you're working on big major initiatives, right? That tackling 
the last shelf life of a bit of surplus food. It's, it's a tough one to prioritize with such big things happening right now. And that's where I think we're a great partner to come in, turn this on quickly, you know, help drive significant benefits in your store um, that then you can use to reinvest or do whatever you please as well uh, mm -hmm. on that side. So that's an, been, yeah, oh. yeah, no, go ahead. I just, no, wait, that's, I think yeah. that's an awesome point. Cause I was going to ask you too, like, and we're talking the total grocery store here, right? So it's not just perishables and meats. It's like even dry goods and whatnot. And can be, that, we focus in right? fresh. Is it we mostly focus, fresh? Okay. Yeah. It's the platforms available, how the grocers uh, like to use it. Some use center store more than others, but it like, it's definitely a focus on fresh. Yeah, I was thinking back to my frozen food days where you're right. It's pretty, you know, for that category, it's like a very small portion of the total of the stuff you're talking about here. And so, yeah, mm -hmm. that gets you into the technology roadmap in a different way. I hadn't thought about that. That's that's really, really smart. Oh, thanks. <laughs> the, the thing that I really love about it, Eric, is that I think what you're doing is you, you identified it in the beginning. Like there's this issue of food waste. People know that it's bad. They want to do something about it. In the U.S., we've been much slower to adopt that practice, I think, than we've seen in other countries, especially in Europe. But what you're doing is making the process of, of buying this food that would otherwise be going to a landfill simpler for the customer and making that experience better, improving upon that, um, making it as simple to buy food that might expire as you would buy your regular click and collect order. I'm wondering where you think you'll be taking flash food next. Like what other extensions are there of the platform that you think um, as we head into this kind of hopefully post vaccine world um, of, of grocery shopping, um, how do you see yourselves integrating there? It's, it's a great question. And the thing is there's so much opportunity that we see already in like you said, it's such a massive problem and around 30 to 40% of all food ending up in landfill. Um, and the other side of this is, you know, there's one in eight Americans. Um, it might be one in seven now due to COVID impacts, but are food insecure. So a lot of where I see us going, at least in the, in the near term is we're trying to get to more communities, more stores help like the solution we have is working and we're approaching 500 stores in America looking to grow that number and get to more communities as fast as we can. So we've had great traction uh, with Meyer um, this year. I know you guys mentioned the announcement, but um, getting across, we turned on over 200 stores in four weeks. So it was a, a wow. big start here. Yeah. yeah, we've got um, great relationships with the giant company, um, Tops, Spartan Nash, uh, Giant Eagle. And we're looking to bring this solution, which is working, to as many communities as you can. We're seeing great response in the markets that we're in. We're seeing shoppers say, hey, when are you coming to our community? When are you coming to Texas? When are you coming to? And we're like, <laughs> Minneapolis. we're, we're, we're trying yes. to come as fast as we can. And I still have um, 1300 miles to get to my closest flash foods, I think in Michigan. I, so. The team is working on it. And I promise you, we yeah, are right. we're working as hard as we can. <laughs> but that's that's almost, you know, in terms of the roadmap, we, we, um, we definitely look to the future on what's next, but we also know what an impact we can have today. And last year with the impact of COVID, it was tough, right? Because you wanted to be doing more and we were doing everything <laughs> like everyone was, but in responding to COVID, you're seeing more and more people um, who are um, approaching food insecurity or having problems. You know, there's a story that we get a lot of shoppers that, that write, write into us and, and they're always really meaningful stories. One was there's a, a nurse where her, 
she wrote in, she has three kids. Her husband was unemployed. Um, she's in Michigan. And she was just thanking us for everything we were doing because last year has been a really tough year. Um, you know, feeding three kids, um, having someone in your family be unemployed and looking to manage your budget. Um, it, it's a really difficult position to be in, obviously. Mm-hmm. And so being able to be a small part of the solution to help um, people eat nutritious food, get access to it, do it in a way that's convenient mm-hmm. through their own selection on their phone, uh, kind of shop like everyone else and have an impact. Um, I don't know. That's just where, where we're looking to do as much as we can to reduce food waste and, and feed people more affordably. And some of the next wave pieces, um, it's coming, <laughs> but, but right now it's just, we want to, we want to hit 2021 in as many communities as we can right now. There's an, there's, there's an important point there too, I think. And, and, and we've written about this a lot too, in the pandemic for everyone listening, which is, you know, you have to remember too, like, you know, the snap benefits in the United States, those aren't, you, those aren't accessible online in, in most communities around the country. So this is a different way to approach a similar thing. And that's what I thought was cool about the beginning part. I hadn't thought about before is, it's also much less invasive as a retailer to try to stand up something like this versus like, how do you make snaps ha- snap happen digitally, right? Like that's, mm-hmm. those are two really different sides of a really different coin that you yeah. guys, that you guys, that you guys are, are, are getting at there. And I think it's, it's probably important for grocers to think about it in that way. What, so when you, when you kind of put that lens on it and you brought up mm-hmm. the, the anecdote that you did, what, what success stories or data points can you highlight that maybe show what impact this is having on customers or the stickiness of customers or looking at the brand a different way than they did previously? You know, what all has been out there so far as you've gone to those stores? Yeah. I mean, there's been an incredibly positive response. And um, as, as you two may know, but, you know, we started with Loblaw Corporation in Canada. Mm-hmm. That was phenomenal. So, you know, we're coast to coast in Canada uh, and have a huge impact there. Um, and then, obviously working across several grocers in the U S um, as, as I've mentioned, the impact has been great. Just starting with food waste. Um, we've diverted over 15 million pounds of food from landfill through the platform okay. to date. So um, a huge dent and we feel like we're just getting going. Um, but for grocers, you know, that translates to significant financial lift. Um, and there's a lot of other benefits that get into um, driving traffic to stores shoppers are seeing deals on their phone. They're getting more traffic. So it's about four extra trips a month from our wow, engaged four market. extra trips a month. Yeah. Because if, if you can imagine, I mean, the, the story I just told about the mother, it's there's, there's a different behavior when you know that you've procured the deal and it's waiting for you mm-hmm. versus saying, I'm just going to stop in and browse and see what might be available. Mm-hmm. So for, especially for people who are time starved right now, and if you've got three kids, I imagine you're, you're probably very selective in how you spend your time. Yeah. And we clearance see food should... is haphazard, right? You wouldn't know what's going to be in there every time. There's no mm-hmm. way to bet on anything. Yeah. yeah. Very so unproductive. It, we're finding extra trips. Um, we're actually finding that there's just a strong hole with flash food. So um, 40% of our shoppers are new to abandon because it has flash food effectively. So we're shifting behaviors, which is great for our partners, where they're finding that um, we do shopper insights work. And, you know, shoppers, families are telling us, we heard about flash food. We didn't normally shop at this grocer, but we decided to check it mm. out and that brought us over there, um, which is really meaningful. Um, there's a lot of pieces around basket building. So, you know, where people get that deal, like you're saying, clearance can be haphazard. This gives people a chance to get in the store and about three quarters of shoppers while they're in there, let's say you get a good deal on ground beef through flash food. So you're going in, you're like, well, what am I going to have for dinner? So you buy your salad kit, you buy your pasta, your sauce, you check out, and then you grab your ground beef on the way out. 
Um, you know, it's just a simple way to get access to the deals, but make it all really convenient. And yeah, so those are some of the impacts on the grocery side for shoppers, not to talk too much, but you know, the obvious one is the savings. So we get some power users and we, we look at these stats. There's people who are saving. I, I just looked at one this morning. Um, there's a woman who saved $1,400 through. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. This, um, this idea, like we get people who almost like people wake up and are addicted to checking Instagram. They're waking up and they're checking flash food deals in the morning. And, and, you know, this when has they're like gone, a Bravo TV show written all over it. Yeah. <laughs> this I can totally like, see myself not doing about, like ribeyes yeah. or anything. Like you yeah. get really great deals. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so the savings piece is huge. I don't know what the Bravo show would be, but you know, <laughs> it's like Storage Wars, but for for flash food, it's fine. Flash food, we'll, we'll, flash we'll food bar- desperate barbecuers of Minneapolis. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's it's um it's it's obviously great on the on the saving side, and then there's some other benefits too. Where honestly, one of my favorite stats um, is that eighty four percent of our users have self reported that they've been able to eat more fresh food in the last two weeks because of flash food. So you'll get stories of people who say like, thank you, you're helping me feed my kids more fresh food or um, inst- like in some cases it can be more extreme cases. Instead of giving them half a cup of orange juice at breakfast, they get a full cup, like little things that surprise and delight. I still remember a story from Christmas, but um, just a parent who said that um, he took the savings from flash food. And um, well, I don't know, I hope there's no kids listening, but he used it for stockings candy for his stockings, you know, and, and just to help Santa out, no, but, but uh, a little extra candy just with the savings. And so some of the impacts we talked about, you know, food waste, it's a huge problem, food, like the big problems, but then what it can mean to one family, you know, one shopper, one kid, it's, it's really meaningful. And the nutrition and the health outcomes part of it is just, it's, it's really meaningful for folks. Yeah. One, one group that I really hope is paying attention to this at grocery shop right now is the regional grocery chains. And you'll have to tell us a little bit about, um, you know, how, how, uh, small of a business you can go into right now, Eric, or what your roadmap looks like. But I think one thing that your stories are reminding me of is, you know, the one defensible thing for these regional grocers is that they are the the lifeblood and heart of their communities. And so to be able to provide something like a flash food and have such a strong impact environmentally, sustainably, but then also just feeding people, helping with food insecurity, um, I think that's such a huge thing that they could do to, to really have an impact, but tell us a little bit about, you know, what kind of partners you can work with and, and kind of the scale there. I know yeah. you, you talked about Meyer and giant Eagle and some, and Lobla, some of the other larger ones, but who, yeah. who can you work with? Yeah. I mean, overall, our, our mission, as I mentioned, it's, it's reducing food waste and feed people more affordably. And we're really committed to working with grocers that, are aligned with that. And it's, it's exactly what you mentioned. And it's, if, if there's a commitment to sustainability, there's a commitment to their communities and they're willing to innovate and focus, um, digitally. And, you know, we can help with that. We like to make it as like really easy. Um, you know, we want to solve this problem collaboratively with kind of everyone who wants to show up to the table. So we've focused on, or in some of our initial partners really have been the larger chains or the regionals. Uh, in terms of where we've been going, it's a great way to have a huge impact really quickly. Like I said, you know, Meyer moving at the speed where they can turn on 250 stores basically mm-hmm. in four weeks. That's amazing. Yeah, that's and insane. yeah, it's, it's really quick. And, and 
Um, so there has been a focus on some of the, the regional chains and some of the bigger players because it allows us to have a big impact. Um, but, you know, we, our vision is to have as big an impact as we can. So we want to talk to everyone and see how we can solve this problem together uh, or at least be our part of solving the problem because it's such a, a big one. Yeah. yeah. Well, not only is 200 stores fast, it also shows you how important they think this is too. I mm -hmm. think for all those listening too, that there's a reason to do it that fast, which I think is, yeah. is important, which I'll probably, you know, say in the close too, but well, Eric, I the really interesting discussion. I did not expect the, the operational dynamics that you guys are, that, that we talked about in this as we were, you know, thinking about the conversation we'd have here as well as just all the, you know, the ancillary benefits and things we talked about within just the scope of, of COVID and, you know, food insecurity and things of that nature. If people are interested in learning more, like maybe they're at grocery shop, connecting with people virtually, or maybe they're listening to this, you know, a couple weeks after, which is, you know, also probably pretty likely, um, you know, how should they get in touch with you? What's the best way for them to learn more information? Best way to learn more, it's www.flashfood.com. Uh, very simple, um, but looking for more information there. There's also an email link to reach out and you'll get in touch with myself or someone on the team and we'll be happy to have conversations and partner there. But really, really appreciate it. Thanks for having me and thank you for the time. It's been yeah. fun. Yeah, man. Hopefully we'll do, hopefully we'll do it again. Uh, you know, it'd be our pleasure, especially as you continue to roll out here, but for everyone listening again, chief marketplace officer of flash food, Eric tribe, an important conversation today. I mean, I think, you know, when you look at the landscape of grocery grocers, especially the local, the regional grocers, they are the communities they serve. That's who they are. That is their point of differentiation against, you know, a lot of the coming players in this space. And I think it's something to keep in mind. And this is a technology here where you really see the synergies in terms of what digital can do from an omni-channel perspective, which is the core of the types of content we try to bring you here on OmniTalk each and every week. So again, Eric, thank you so much to everyone listening. As always, be careful out there. <laughs>